Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring Loyola Marymount University golfer, Riley Lewis. Riley, welcome, man. Thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It's been great to get to know you and the guys at the on the LMU team. And um just really glad to get you on here, man. So how have you been lately? I know it's kind of tail end of the summer for you. What have things been like? It's been good. I uh, haven't played a tournament for a couple of weeks, which is nice. And heading back to school in probably a week and a half. Yeah. So kind of just resting up and getting ready to pack up and move my stuff out so absolutely that time of the year again I mean you gotta pack all your stuff up and move over to LMU but um yeah that's great man it's nice to kind of get a little bit of a rest and a little recharge before the season kicks back up and you're 100% at the grind again so um well we'll kind of bring it back to where it all began for you man you know where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf so I'm my family lives in Arizona right now but Mm -hmm. Uh, I said I said I'd say I grow up more so in Idaho. Um, okay. We moved over back to Arizona when I was about starting fourth grade, I think. Okay. Um, but I grew up golfing in Idaho since I was five. My brother and I, and my dad would take us out, and yeah, <clears throat> kind of fell in love with the game that way. And yeah. <laughs> up in Idaho, you can't really play for more than six months out of the year, which was unfortunate. Right. The snow yeah. and Seriously. A little tricky. So I kind of just grew my game in Arizona and tried to improve a lot more and committed to improving and just focusing on competitive golf up here. So absolutely. I mean, there's no shortage of golf in Arizona. So, I mean, you headed into the right right place where Idaho, you caught snow. God, I can imagine exactly living in a place where you're like, okay, I can't play golf today because it's snowing like that. (laughs) It's got to be tough. Right. It's it's tough. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, as you were kind of growing up and playing golf, you know, where'd you go to high school, maybe touch a little bit on your junior career, kind of what tournaments you played outside of high school and stuff. So, yeah, I went to Basis Prescott, which is like luckily two minutes away from my house down in Prescott, Arizona. Um, We didn't really have a super competitive golf team. Uh-huh. really just my brother Trevor and I we had I mean we had tournaments there were nine whole events but mm-hmm. we weren't even in like the main divisions of Arizona gotcha uh, Arizona, uh, high school golf so we were playing against just other Christian and charter schools uh-huh. um, our school was more academically focused I'd say gotcha um, so there wasn't really a ton of emphasis on sports there uh-huh. but luckily enough we did have a team and I think we won state twice once yeah. or twice I forget yeah. Um, which saying something, I guess it was fun. Absolutely. But I'd say I got recruited more so because of junior golf tournaments uh, Uh outside of high school. Yeah. Um, I didn't play, I played one AJGA event. Gotcha. And I I was actually paired with Caden, my teammate. Oh yeah. The first two rounds. So that was kind of, that was right before he committed to, I think he started playing really well that week. He said, I remember on his podcast, he was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think he got top five was fully exempt for AJGA and then kind of got to see the beginnings of his really prolific junior career I'd say <laughs> absolutely that's so funny though that you got paired up with your you know with right. Caden and stuff and but yeah I mean it's really interesting to kind of hear so I mean so most of your exposure and stuff with recruiting and everything was kind of with your tournament stuff high school was just kind of like you just did it because it was there and stuff like that is that kind of exactly it yeah. was more so to get the 
get the grades and try and get the academic scholarship to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's pretty cool though. You have to play with your brother, you know, was he as invested into the game as you were, or was he just kind of just there to get, you know? Yeah, I'd say definitely. I mean, he, he was definitely looking D1, Yeah. but his recruiting process was kind of messed up with COVID. Oh, I see. So yeah. Luckily I was, I was fortunate enough to commit before the whole COVID, uh, COVID stuff happened. Right. Um, which was nice. But he had a couple visits, visits lined up, and then the COVID canceled oh, the season, and gosh. a couple fifth years coming back, and they canceled the visits. So he ended up having to go local. Oh, um, he's at a local NAI school. But okay, he's, yeah. He's doing well. He got he got first team All American for NAI last year, which was there you go. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I think he's gonna look to transfer out in year two or after year two this year, hopefully. So awesome. Well, good for yeah, him, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, that's really cool that you guys were, you know, super competitive and you guys are, you know, battling against each other. I mean, and you right, right. had you had a playing partner no matter what when you wanted to go play golf. I'm sure you guys would go and duke out on the course. Definitely. That's that's awesome though, man. I just got some stats here from your junior career. Um, you served as a captain at your high school team there. Scoring average was about 35, like you said, nine whole tournaments. That was the same for me when I was in high school too. Mm-hmm. Um, one team state championship in eighth grade year and 11th grade year as well as individual state championship all three years played on the team you were top 50 junior golfer in the country lowest competitive round was nine under 62 and i mean in a junior tournament i mean that's pretty good and then another low round of 11 under 61 scoring average 70.57 over the 2020 jgaa season i mean played pretty good at some low numbers that's for sure you're not afraid to go low i mean what did like the success in those low scores and everything like that in your junior career? I mean, how did that kind of help you get started with the recruiting process? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say I started playing great until maybe like end of junior year that summer and then yeah. the senior year after that. Uh-huh. But that's, I think I started recruiting when we were, I think it was like sophomore year when we were allowed to start. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like going out and shooting 65, 64s every round or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was more like my bad rounds would be a couple over my good rounds would be a couple under just absolutely very consistent, which I think helps um, with the recruiting process, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But Jason, the, our coach, Demore, he always says, or he always told me that he couldn't find me when I was younger because uh, I didn't have social media until senior year. <laughs> I so gotcha. He was like, is this kid a ghost? Like, what's where's this kid at? Like, right. <laughs> so when he finally when the finally recruiting opened up in that sophomore year, he sent me an email. I was like, oh. I never heard of it maybe going to visit we'll see but uh, luckily it ended up working out and end up actually committing I think January of my I'm not sure if it was sophomore or junior year but it was relatively early for the recruiting process which was helped a lot for me which was nice absolutely well it's great to commit to somewhere kind of in those years because then you can just not have to worry about it so you're not your senior year and you're like where am I going to go play at and I mean that that's tough. But I mean, when you started the recruiting process, I mean, were you just emailing coaches or kind of how'd you go about that? I mean, I know Coach Diamore reached out to you, but was that kind of the the trend you were seeing with most schools? Um, it's for me personally, before the schools were allowed to reach out, I definitely sent emails with my resume. Uh-huh. I couldn't really, they were, couldn't really respond directly. Yeah. But it was more, you'd hope they'd see it and then they'd start to follow you. Mm-hmm. But I never really ended up talking to a lot of the bigger uh, Power Five schools. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think. Other than maybe, I mean, I don't think Notre Dame is even technically considered Power Five school just because they're 
uh, in their own conference or whatnot. But yeah, yeah, that, that was really the only other school I was talking to at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then West Point and a couple of smaller schools in the Midwest. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the emails obviously help to, to get your name out and to help the coaches see who you are. Right. But luckily for me, I didn't have to rely on those to mm -hmm. hear back from coaches. And then luckily enough, uh, Coach Domore found me. And Absolutely. Up, and we ended up working out so far, so. Exactly. And I mean, what was it about LMU that was just, you know, you were entertaining the offer and you were like, hey, okay, let's go take a visit. Like, what'd you see on your visit when you were at LMU? Uh, I mean, the campus, campus is pretty incredible. Yeah, it um, looks awesome. Location's not bad. It's like 10 minutes from the beach and then 10 minutes from LAX as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, not short of any entertainment things, especially being in LA too. Yeah. On top of that, the weather's just pretty much the best you can get yeah. so we can play year round which is a good opportunity and I mean there is traffic obviously in LA which is tough but a little bit yeah you can't have it all right exactly <laughs> um uh, there is a positive though I'd say with traffic is you learn how to manage your time a lot better out here oh I bet you gotta leave for practice or you know sometimes you don't know how long it's gonna take to get to the course so mm -hmm. yeah know, I think it does help with us um just teaching us to be kind of on our stuff and trying to be on time to practice and stuff like that so absolutely well and it's funny because like I mean obviously you had moved to Arizona already you had gone through your junior career through Arizona but was there like a part of you that thought back to your your days in Idaho and you're like okay snow Idaho I don't want to go to college where there's something like that I mean was that I mean it's got to be just a, a huge transition to kind of see where you go from Idaho to Arizona to LA I mean you're just getting you know snow it's good weather in Arizona, but it's really hot. And then you're going to LA where it's just, you know, it's pretty good every day. Like you said, I mean, that's, was that kind of like an influence in your decision a little bit or not really? Right. Definitely. I would say that might've been one, the one like single most thing that led me to choose LMU. Mm -hmm. Arizona, obviously Phoenix is nice. All the it time. is it absolutely rains or snows, but it's just yeah. sweltering heat growing up playing <laughs> your golf in Phoenix. It's, yeah. it, it takes a toll, I'd say. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say weather was a huge factor on me choosing a spot to go for sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's I have some people that, you know, they were from like Minnesota and, you know, states like that where it snows and then they come to the West Coast and they're like, yeah, I just, you know, I, I would never I would never go back. So it's just it's funny right. how that is a, such a huge such a huge influence. Like you said, I mean, that was one of the main kind of one of the main ones at LMU for you. But I mean, yeah. I mean, LMU, it's been working out pretty great for you, man. It's a division one program. Coaches are great. Their teammates are awesome. Um, you know, how have yours at LMU been so far? I know you're going into your junior year, you know, just kind of talk about your first couple seasons at LMU and kind of, what was that like making that transition? Yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's kind of crazy to think I'm already halfway through college. Right. Goes fast. Fifth year, which is unfortunate, but yeah. at the same time, it's, it's cool to kind of experience these like traveling so much. Mm -hmm. like I said I didn't go play AJJ events I kind of stick to Arizona yeah so it's been it's been awesome seeing a lot of new courses meeting a lot of new faces out there at tournaments but yeah my first two years have been great uh luckily luckily enough I've had a couple wins which is pretty awesome for me oh um, yeah kind of showing uh like that my hard work is paying off for once <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so it's been it's been fun that way and then yeah the coaches are awesome as well uh we have a very pretty regimented practice Mm -hmm. schedule every week week to week and then we got our 6 a.m or 6 30 a.m workouts oh yeah oh yeah those oh, are yeah. good wake up calls as well 
I love seeing those videos when, you know, coaches posting them on LMU's Instagram and it's like Caden's running or something. And it's just like, exactly. And it's like working outside or something. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. It's been fun for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like a great place, man. You have the little facilities that you guys have there that you can practice at. And I remember, um, you know, just guys are posting that on Instagram when they're, when they're grinding out there and that place is pretty cool as well. And the courses you guys get to play. And I mean, it's just pretty great, great little spot over there at LMU and the schedule mm. you guys play is pretty great as well. But I mean, like you said, your freshman year, you broke the LMU freshman record with a 71.42 scoring average, 36 rounds at all 12 events in the first season recorded five top 10 finishes, four top five finishes and a tournament when your freshman year qualified as an individual into regionals and you shot, you know, you shot even 73, 74, 69 named WCC freshman of the year. I mean, pretty decorated freshman year at LMU, I'd have to say. And it seems that, you know, that transition was golf wise seemed to go pretty well for you. I mean, that what did that kind of mean to you to make that transition and just play well and kind of feel comfortable, I guess. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, was very blessed to be able to play all 12, I think it was 11 or 12 events, lucky enough to kind of be able to compete and test my game as a yeah. freshman. Yeah. Um, and obviously growing up in Arizona, there's not too much, not a huge variety of courses that you're playing over there, like different mm-hmm. styles of golf. Right. So it, it really gave me some confidence that I can play in different types of courses mm-hmm. um, and helps me to this day, try to not make excuses about why I'm doing something, which is <laughs> um, good. But yeah. I was definitely blessed to be able to, um, have those opportunities to compete on such a high level with um, being a freshman and all. So, I mean, that's just, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just like, you know, that transition usually when you go into your first semester or first year of college is, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's tough. It's huge. You know, they struggle, they redshirt, they do, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but it's great that you had the early success and you guys had team wins as well you kind of got that feeling yourself to win individually and team wise. I mean, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're a veteran, but yet you're not a veteran, I guess. Cause you know <laughs> what I mean? You're, you're like, you have all this experience and yet you're going into your junior year. So, I mean, you're mm-hmm. considered, I guess, considered upperclassmen there. So it's kind of, I mean, it's just really cool to kind of hear the experiences that you had there and the success. And I mean, last year you were a main contributor to the team as well. And you won your guys's conference. I mean, that's just, huge way to end it off i know you guys just missed it by going into regionals man i was oh, so yeah, that bummed was, that was tough oh <laughs> that was, man that's hard i bet that was tough I mean, but it's just like i mean you still got to look at the positives i mean and to win co- the conference championship is Definitely. huge man for yourself i mean that's huge now i'm really curious about your expectations obviously you had this success going into you know your freshman year and stuff but before you even step foot on LMU to start taking classes and practicing what were your expectations honestly I was I was hoping to play obviously I think they were ranked like 110 or around there Mm -hmm. so I was hoping that I'd at least try and like crack a five or four or five spot coming in Mm -hmm. Um, because being different uh, golf styles in California than Arizona yeah I I was hoping to at least uh, get a crack at playing every once in a while yeah Uh, luckily luckily enough I kind of just adapted well to California golf, which was nice. Yeah. Um, so I was able to qualify for a good amount of tournaments, but yeah, I think that was my biggest expectation. Uh, I definitely obviously expected myself to continue to work hard and stay a, a strict regimen on my own, like a self routine. Right. Um, and that, that definitely helped me 
um, especially last year as well, just kind of to stay focused and continue to out, uh, produce some some good results here and there, which was good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was where my main expectations, I'd say for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you definitely got in, and you like you said, you adapted pretty well, felt really comfortable, and I mean, you played really great, man. It's it's great to. It's <laughs> just so. I'm just really glad that you were able to have the experience of success because that can be huge to getting you going for the rest of your college career so that's great but I mean I I do want to touch on that decorated freshman year I mean after your freshman year I mean was that kind of just give you all the confidence in the world I mean was what did it feel like after that freshman year like okay you know this you know you know let's get it going and stuff in the summertime and kind of stuff like that and just years to come do you still carry that confidence with you I mean what did that do for you it definitely gave me some confidence, at least like around the golf team, just confidence that I'd be able to compete with my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with them plenty and I know they definitely have the skills to play in tournaments, how I play in tournaments sometimes, but yeah, um, luckily I've been fortunate enough to uh, kind of just work on the right things here and there, which has helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely gives me confidence as well. Like that last, last summer, mm-hmm. I finally had some decent events uh, that were outside of Arizona. Yeah. Um, and then I got invited last minute to the Southern Am, which was one of the top events, amateur events. That is so awesome. So that, that experience was really cool. Um, and then making the cut. And I think I had a decent chance to finish top 10, top five on that final day. And then mm-hmm. didn't finish great. But overall, it was a huge positive to just know that I can compete with the best of the best out there. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely, it definitely gave me some confidence and a kickstart to that that summer season as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming into this season is uh it's been it's been cool to kind of just grow off of that and continue to work on the confidence for sure just yeah. trust in the game yeah um, I, it's, you know you know you have the game it's just you got to trust it and be confident in it so mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's that's the next step i'd say yeah and i mean that's just how the game of golf is man you can have it one week and you feel like nothing's right. gonna you know mess up your game and then next week you're like Okay, so back to the drawing board. Like, what happened here? Exactly. I mean, um, no, but really. knowing that you have the skill level and you've had the results for it, you know it's in yourself. So it's nice to, you know, you have those you have those moments that you can think back to. Okay, I've done this before, kind of stuff like that. But um, I think it's really interesting though to kind of just see the success such early on because I feel like it's kind of hard to find that. And I mean. Going into a Division One program, D One golf, the schedule, the competition—I mean, it, it's it's serious stuff. It's not just right. you know you can't just take it lightly. So you got to take your you know take the wins when you can, and that's just great that you're able to have some wins and some of the team wins. I mean, those team wins got to feel pretty great with the teammates. I'm sure you guys are all pretty oh, good definitely. buddies too. So we're itching, a, for it. we're itching for some more. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. But I mean, what did it feel like for you to have the individual and team success early on in college? Like, I mean, you know what it feels like to get those team wins and be a counting score. I mean, how will that translate to kind of the coming years in your career, you know, going into this season? Like what are some of your goals for this coming season? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, getting those first, uh, those two team wins freshman year, uh-huh. I think those were Demore's uh, first two wins as well. Yeah. So especially that first one, it was really cool to see just that. I mean, it wasn't the strongest field, but at the same time, we hey, a win's win a win. Win, right? Exactly. So it, it was it was really special for our team. And then winning that second one, that that second one was really really incredible. I think Caden talked about it when he was on yeah. the podcast as well. Just that slight comeback from behind, and then everybody knew 
when we all finished, we were just running down the fairway and there were yes. people playing still. And yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't care. We were like, hey, who cares? We just won a tournament. Holy cow. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. And then knowing that I helped contribute at some, uh, in some part, some parts of those tournaments, um, mm-hmm. definitely yeah. going to help me down the road, especially these next couple of years, mm-hmm. um, as hopefully I grow into some sort of leadership position on the team. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know yet, but yeah, um, well, I'm sure you will. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to help, uh, for like in a motivational uh, aspect of the team, just mm-hmm. knowing that we've been there, we've been able to win and we'll definitely be there again. We just have to figure out how to close it this time. We've been yeah. in that situation plenty. Um, we just got to take what we learned and kind of apply it and execute, you know? So we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolanado is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Canyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says, they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or a green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. There it is. I mean, you guys have a taste of winning. And I mean, it's just, and it's great right. to have those team wins because everybody's buzzing, you know, and it's just like the whole exactly. traveling time. It's just, it just makes the trip that much better. And especially for your coach to get those first his first couple wins i'm sure that meant a lot to him and to your guys' oh, yeah. team so mm-hmm. i mean just uh it really really just makes that chemistry that much stronger with not only a team but the coaches as well so i think that's really awesome man and like you said you guys are looking to grab some more wins into this next season and i mean i'm just really excited for you guys this next season but do you like to set goals yourself do you kind of have any just little maybe progress goals, long-term goals for this coming year or anything? I mean, obviously everybody wants to get their team to nationals and win nationals. Yeah. But at the same time, it's really hard to kind of control anything to do with that other than the process that you're getting. Absolutely. Going to get there. Mm -hmm. So personally, I set like statistical goals and then just process goals. I want to stick to my routine Mm -hmm. and get together with the coaches soon and create a routine Mm -hmm. around the new school schedule. And then around our practice schedule and yeah one of my goals would be just to stick to that because I know sticking to that will give me the best chance of performing my best but I'd say as far as like statistical goals and like performance goals listening to some of the guys in the podcast so far Mm -hmm. taking that a lot of them don't have like physical goals like I want to finish blah 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 blah. right it's more so like I want to play this way and I want to finish my game I want to approach my game in certain ways yeah so like I've incorporated that into my uh, preparation so like awesome. my statistical, I'd say my main goal statistically would be just positive strokes, gain putting and chipping um, uh-huh. around yeah. the green. Oh, yeah. That, mm-hmm. I mean, you're maintaining the momentum and at the same time, you're getting up and down for birdie or getting up and down for par. So you're not losing any speed. Mm-hmm. And if you're making your putts, then uh, it's hard to kind of slow down there. So whenever you're getting the short game is, you know, whenever you have really good short game during your rounds and stuff, I mean, that can be huge momentum for it's, to you make those clutch putts, you know, and you're like, all right, here we go. Like, you know, and, and then you get to the next one, you rattle off some birdies or something. But yeah, I think the short game is that that's a great, great stat to be the main focus on because that's like you right. said, that I mean, it can kind of save your round sometimes. I mean, you could be slapping it around kind of eh, some days, but 
you can manage it to a one two under even par or something you know i mean when you have a good short game so and it's cool that you kind of listen to you know some of the guys and some of the podcast alum and you're you know you're hearing that these people are not like oh i gotta win this i gotta do this it's like not my my mindset to the game or you know just appreciation of it or something different so right cool man love it now we got you on here (laughs) you You can listen to your own episode now (laughs) (laughs) but i mean after college i know you're going into your junior year not going to have a fifth year but i mean you have a couple seasons left still in college i'm sure you'll enjoy it as much as you can for the time being but have you thought maybe after college what are your goals after college do you want to play pro golf is that kind of in the equation for you i'd say pga is the dream obviously and with live coming up it's kind of an interesting situation going on Mm -hmm. Um, but luckily with the new pga tour university Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of those dreams a lot easier. So yeah, my I'd say my main goals would be like for the next couple of years would just be like top five or 15 on the PGAU. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it'll be kind of tricky coming from a less competitive golf team. Obviously, some of the power five schools are playing some tournaments that are really competitive compared to the ones we've played. Mm-hmm. But I know I can like just playing good golf will bring results on its own. Absolutely. So obviously I can't control a lot of it, but I'll do what I can there. So yeah, the PJU has been a huge blessing, I'd say, to the college golfers. So it's a really cool opportunity for all of them to kind of just gain sponsorships coming out of college and just have status somewhere as well. So that's probably my, I'd say that's my main kind of focus for the next couple of years. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's great to, the PJU rankings is, uh, you know, it's awesome. Like you said, it kind of gives some status for people whenever, because before it was just graduated and all right, like go out there and play right but i mean now it's you know you kind of have some status at some places and a lot of a lot of guys have taken advantage of that on canada and you know corn fairy tour status and i mean look at like pearson cootie i mean geez he's he's on the bubble right now to earn his you know full card so it's just crazy how fast it can all happen but yeah a lot of guys over in canada right now they're grinding and a lot of guys are you know going to be advancing so that's great great goal to have man i think you know, like you said, you'll do everything in your power that you can and, you know, and let the golf to kind of take rest of it. So exactly. Great, great Whatever happens, happens, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep, exactly, man. But we're having the next section of the show here, just like to call the ham and egg section. Just kind of some different questions to get to know you a little bit more. But this past summer, you you touched a little bit on getting invited to the Southern Amateur and stuff. But, you know, you played in some high level events like the Dogwood, the Sunny Han Amateur, Transmiss and the Southern Amateur. I mean, tell me, what was it like playing against some of the best amateur players in the world? And I mean, you're, you're one of them, you're competing with them. What did that mean to you? It's, it's awesome. I mean, it's a great opportunity, obviously. Um, And I'm really thankful that I've had the opportunity to play against the best, the best, which is something that definitely helps. I'd say with um, obviously ranking points and whatever, but yeah, it's not the, that's not the main focus. It's more like, to see where your game is and what you need to kind of work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned so much about my game over the last two months. It, it's about like the dogwood was fun. I, I think I made every, every cut this, this summer, which has been huge. That's awesome. That <laughs> but is I, don't huge. Think I've, I don't think I've finished top 30 yet. So uh-huh. gotcha. Um, I know that I haven't played super incredible golf, but for a few rounds, but I know if I can get more consistent with that, mm-hmm. that I'll be able to hang with the best and just, continue to put myself in contention um it's i know i have the game it's just all mental here and there 
Yeah. So it's, it's been really cool to see, um, to meet some of these guys as well and just uh, pick their brains as much as possible, but just see them play and just learn as much as I can from them about what I do. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. And playing just in, you know, those handful of big amateur tournaments, I'm guessing the Southern amateur, was that kind of your favorite or out of those tournaments that you played in, which one was your favorite mm-hmm. to play in? They're all I mean, such they're, great they tournaments. Were all, <laughs> they were all pretty, pretty awesome. But I mean, Southern, uh, Southern amateur was my dad and I, yeah. it was in sea island this year where they uh-huh. play the rsm yeah so that, w- that was really cool it's i'd say the conditions are definitely a little different just being middle of summer compared to when they play i think in november mm-hmm. but it's the same course still so it's just kind of get a glimpse of what they're playing on the tour and how they're playing yeah um it's it, I, it definitely helps with like comparing myself to the tour pros just how my game's handling out there yeah but yeah that was definitely up there that was top four i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah but that one in Sunny Hannah was really cool as well. I was on my own for that one. It was just me and uh, Harrison from San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were just, we were with this host family and kind of enjoying ourselves there. So that was a really cool opportunity as well. So yeah, just meeting so many people and getting to know a lot of the people that work these events as well. It's just, it's a really cool opportunity and really appreciative of everything they do. Absolutely, man. That is just so cool to hear these experiences and having your dad on the bag at the Southern Amateur. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of like a moment both you and your dad will never forget, I'm sure. Um, Definitely. That is so cool, though, man. And what was it like kind of traveling to each event? Obviously, you've done a lot of travel for college golf, but I mean, this is traveling on your own. Sometimes, you know, you're with Harrison. Sometimes you're on your own. Sometimes you're with your dad. What was that kind of like traveling to these amateur events and getting a glimpse of that life? it's it's tiring that's yeah. one thing i learned but for example like dogwood and sunny hannah were back-to-back weeks yeah and i didn't get into sunny hannah till late mm-hmm. so we had already booked flights from arizona to dogwood and then back oh gotcha so, and it would have been more expensive to just switch the flights and make it direct to pennsylvania from atlanta gotcha. so i ended up having to fly back um i think i arrived like midnight or 1 a.m back in prescott because we had uh-huh. to drive back from the airport uh-huh. And then we, had, I think, I had a red eye the next morning. Um, oh my gosh! At like one a.m. So wow, <laughs> we just had to do that, and that was that was tiring. I'm sure it's a lot easier if you're planning ahead. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't have that opportunity that week. Uh-huh. But it's it's been cool. I mean, obviously, Corn Ferry and on those lesser or smaller tours, mm-hmm. those those pros are playing every week and just traveling every week. So that's yeah. the grind. So I mean. This summer has been a great preparation for at least getting a glimpse of what that is like. Absolutely, um, man. Yeah, I mean, you really got to maintain your nutrition and your <laughs> fitness and everything. It's it's a grind, but it's something that you learn to do, I'd say, after you do it so much. So I'm excited yeah. to hear what happens next. You definitely pick your times when you can sleep and stuff like that, too, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's intense stuff, though, to uh, get last minute to get into that tournament's huge and then to plan it the way you did i mean it's just i mean financially financial wise i mean you got to really look at that man and if it's cheaper to do it one way then hey you got to suck it up and do it (laughs) exactly so i mean i i I understand man that's it's a grind for sure but i mean hey if it's to get into those tournaments i i would do the same thing man i go and do whatever it takes whenever it takes so um but really cool to kind of hear not only the golf side but the traveling aspect of it because a lot of people don't see that stuff they don't hear about that stuff and that's just as big of a part of it as it is playing so next question here for you is kind of for 
some advice for junior golfers out there? I mean, maybe somebody that's looking to, you know, that doesn't have the, maybe the AJGA resume and stuff like that, but yet they want to play division one golf. You know, do you have any advice for those people out there getting recruited or something they could work on in their game to better their chances? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I was talking about my goals being short game related. Mm -hmm. I'd say personally in junior golf, my biggest times of growth were when my short game was getting better or my putting was doing better. Mm -hmm. Obviously, my our assistant coach, Mikey, he never he always says, I've never seen anyone win a tournament being bad at putting or something like that. Or like anyone win a tournament, they're not making putts. Mm -hmm. Obviously, putting's putting's a huge thing, but something I've definitely learned is like everybody out here can hit a ball. Everybody mm-hmm. can hit a ball from 200 yards from hundred yards, but um, it's when you're out of position, how do you kind of handle it? How do you get up and down? Right. And how do you just keep your momentum going? That's uh, it costs a couple shots here and there. And ultimately that that's what wins and loses the golf tournaments. So um, I'd say that's my biggest form of advice. Maybe obviously sticking to a routine, uh, managing your time in college, because there's a lot on your plate in college and, it's it gets tricky yeah. but yeah, especially as the year comes to a close um especially the spring semester those last couple of weeks yeah. you got tournaments and you got finals and it's all stacking up and you just got to figure out what you're going to do mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but, i mean talk about grinding yeah. oh yeah it's, it's it's a grind that's for sure but luckily i've been fortunate enough to kind of been sticking to my routine and mm-hmm. been able to just have good enough professors or like under most understanding enough professors that have gotten to work around it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see, those are my most important pieces of advice that I've um, personal experience, I'd say. So definitely, man. And it's funny that your coach says she doesn't see people, you know, putting bad when they're winning tournaments. Right. Very, very valid point he has there, but kind of oh, yeah. like what you said though. I mean, everybody can hit a ball out here. I've heard, I've heard, a lot of guys say that, you know, ball striking, everybody has it on that level, but it's just like you said, whenever you get out of position, how you manage it. I think that's great advice for people out there in uh, just the short game part of it. That's huge. I mean, of so many people, that's what they say. The difference is with, you know, these division one programs and professional right. golfers. So, I mean, it's just get a head start on it, get working on it. So, oh, yeah. I mean, Definitely. it's great, great that you've kind of realized that too. So. Awesome stuff, man. Really glad you brought that up. But next one I have here for you is kind of about the program at LMU. I mean, the courses you guys get to play, the schedule you play throughout the season, and I mean, your on-site facilities. I mean, what's the coolest resource that you have access to LMU that you just, you cherish every time you use it? I mean, our short game center on campus is pretty special. It's kind of just accessible whenever you want it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, Pretty much every time we have workouts, we go straight out there like 30 minutes after. Or so, so that's we have some fun practice sessions out there with the team, kind of just work on our games out there, which is good. Yeah. But as far as courses go, we get we get out to Brentwood twice a week, which is Brentwood, that's awesome. Special. It's that's a special place. The practice facilities are second to none, and then we've been lucky enough to play at LACC. Um, yeah. In the U.S. Open next year, we played there like three times last semester, which was which was awesome. That place is, is so that place is incredible. Yeah. And then we just got access to Trump National down in Palos Verdes area, which mm-hmm. is, I haven't played it yet, but I've heard it's tight, tricky, and it'll test your game well. So yeah, I'm really excited to get started on that as well. So that is awesome. we have plenty, we have plenty of opportunities when it comes to golf, that's for sure. And I mean, whenever you guys go to these high level 
course and stuff i've seen some of your teammates see some pretty high level people there i mean oh yeah is, is there kind of some <laughs> like celebrities or people you've seen at these courses i mean one time <laughs> the one that uh catches my mind we when uh we were at brentwood one time mm-hmm. alejandra uh, on our team ali and i uh were on the range and ali was doing an instagram takeover that day yeah and then none other than blake griffin's on the range right there <laughs> blake so griffin walked, it was it was crazy he's he's massive he's so tall i bet hands are huge it's like shaking his hands like holy cow this guy's, <laughs> this guy's legit he's a this guy's yeah. an athlete holy cow mm-hmm. yeah we got him on the takeover and that, that was that was pretty cool and i know my teammates have seen like skip bayless out there and saw a couple of pros out there once um during the genesis with when they have the tournament at riviera yeah so i mean there's Obviously, LA is a pretty famous place, but yeah, definitely see some good, some cool faces out at the golf courses we're at, which is cool. Which is pretty special. Yeah, so. and it's funny you go back to the Blake Griffin thing. I mean, I remember seeing that on Instagram, and I was like, "Blake <laughs> Griffin? Awesome. You kidding <laughs> me? Like that is insane!" So it, is- it was very random, but I was like, "Oh, hey, this would be a nice, a nice opportunity for the Instagram takeover." Yeah, how it was, was he? Was he like, "Oh yeah, let's do it," or like, "How was Blake Griffin? Yeah. What was he like?" he was nice super nice um me yeah. just said i forget what he said he said like oh this is all i had riley these are my new coaches i was like oh, i mean we didn't tell you anything about golf but you know, like that but yeah. yeah i saw him out there again like two months after and he's like hey how's you how you been how's it going i was like oh my gosh how do you even remember who i am that's, that's crazy what the heck yeah <laughs> so it's really cool he's i mean a lot of these guys are super nice but he's 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 a special guy he's he's really cool so that is so cool, man. I love hearing. I'm I just like I said, I'm playing back whenever you're talking about going to these courses. I'm like, oh, wait, I remember you know, they, they Griffin. I was like, I gotta yeah. bring that up. That's so cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's awesome, man. And those courses, gosh, just the access you guys have is just amazing. You, you can't beat that. So, and, right, uh, definitely. No shortage of uh, good, good, good golf out there. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, the next one here is kind of what clubs you like to play. I mean, I, I'm always curious about what people are playing, what's in the bag and stuff, and kind of take us through your bag a little bit. What kind of clubs do you play? Have you stuck with one brand kind of most of your life, or do you just play whatever? I'd say ever since moving to Arizona, at least, I've started to play pings. Um, yeah, yeah. Ping does so much for junior golf, especially in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of just wanted to, I mean, give back as much as I could just by representing them. Yeah. Luckily, I've been fortunate enough to go from buying clubs to getting discounted and now fortunate enough to uh, get clubs and kind of represent them for mm-hmm. myself, which is good. Yeah. Um, huge. And yeah, I, I really like, I, I got that, the PLD putter, one of the new ones, which is, yeah, it feels good. It looks good. And uh, I've gotten a lot of compliments. Some, someday I'll know how to I'll learn how to use it better, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's there. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the clubs are second to none. I mean, they've helped me so far but honestly i haven't experimented with any other club brands in a long time so mm-hmm. i've kind of at least as long as i can i'll stick with ping and mm-hmm. see where it goes so yeah i know they they definitely help out a lot of players and a lot of college athletes that i've seen just um you know right. just going to tournaments and seeing what guys are playing and i mean yeah ping is just they're really really getting out there in the college golf world so i mean which is great though yeah that's great and it's great to you know give you guys some you know access to them and whatever clubs you need and stuff because i mean gosh golf is expensive sport and uh 
to have just the connections and stuff. I'm sure you guys have some connections with LMU, but to have them personally with yourself and, you know, in a rep or somebody with somebody that's huge. That's really good. Man. Definitely. But yeah, I love hearing kind of what everybody's playing in the bag. So, and ping <laughs> is a popular one. I hear a lot of ping, a lot of ping, a lot of TaylorMade and like Callaway. I feel like yeah. those are kind of the, they have like really big junior programs. Tylus does too. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, those are, uh, that's pretty great though, man. Ping's great. Love ping. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> We're heading to the next question here. You know, it's kind of like a, a moment in golf that you can play back to. And, you know, is there kind of the most memorable golf moment you have while being on the golf course? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say the same thing as Caden, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to say the same thing. Uh, when <laughs> yeah. we won the Sac State event as a team mm -hmm. um, and we were just all running up and down the fairway, that was at least I'm never going to forget that moment anytime soon. I know that. Yeah. Um, it was special because <laughs> we came from behind. I think we were just watching the leaderboard pretty much that entire back nine, if not the whole day. Mm -hmm. um, and I forget how much they were up by after 36 uh, Long Beach, but we ended up coming back and winning by one or two. And I, I mean, that was our actual first actual like grinded out win. Yeah. First the win, the win the week or two before, I think we won by like 20 shots or something. Yeah. Just, we're just like, oh, we're three holes left. I think we're going to win this tournament, hopefully. But that one was like, oh. We actually had to go and win it, which was which is awesome. I mean, and you guys <laughs> squeaking out a win like that. I mean, what does that feel like when you're coming down the stretch? And it, I mean, these tournaments come down to one stroke sometimes. I mean, oh, yeah. What does it feel like when you're grinding these tournaments out for trying to get the win? Oh, it, it's especially getting the win is surreal. I mean, mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to get the win individually that week too. So I knew in my heart, I was like, oh, I did my part. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, trust your teammates, and then they pulled through that week, and we're just on top of the world. I mean, that that was, yeah, that's it's just so memorable. So it's, just looking, just thinking back to it, it's really cool. Hopefully, in the next couple of years, we'll have plenty more opportunities like that. Yeah, and I think we'll know what to do now. So absolutely, when it's exciting. nice, it's nice to have the guy that wins the individual tournament on the team as well, because that'll <laughs> help the team win. But hey, like you said, you know, it's a team effort. I mean, your your teammates, Definitely. they got to play well as well, and. I mean, when you're playing in these division one fields, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's tough sometimes. So, but it's great yeah. to get that squeak out win and just like have a great time on the way home. And that's just such a great time. And like, everybody will, will never forget that. So. Right. I think we were driving home that week from Sacramento too. So oh, like we're driving. Hours. Oh my um, gosh. Because the whole COVID that was like the COVID year and oh. everything was a little strict with flying. So yeah, yeah. they made us drive and. And luckily it made the drive a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. So absolutely how tough that could be. But so yeah, that was that was really cool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That is so cool to hear kind of everybody's memorable moment. And uh, but yeah, that's I understand, man. Those those team wins, they just there's a different feeling to the team wins whenever you get them, that's for sure. Definitely. We're heading to the last question here, man. Um, you know, there's I'm sure there's been a lot of people that have been in your corner and been with you your whole kind of golfing career, but is there a person or a group of people that have really inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today? Uh, definitely. I mean, person-wise, I'd say my family and then my golf coach, mm -hmm. uh, John Gunby, they've all done so much to kind of help me get here. And then I guess my friends and the golf team itself and the coaches, they've all kind of helped me get to where I am, yeah. which is good. But yeah, my parents and golf coach, they've always stressed that being – 
it doesn't matter how you play every day, just how you kind of maintain yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely um, helped me with like the etiquette and just being trying to be a good person on and off the course. So uh, my golf coach idolizes Arnold Palmer with that, just being genuine and mm-hmm. uh, focusing on other people as much as possible, which is really cool. So, and then same thing goes for golf. They all, they all inspire me to kind of be the golf ramp today. Hopefully one day I can give back to them as much as they've given me. Might be tricky, but <laughs> yeah. We'll see. yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's it, it takes a big support system to play golf, and uh, it, it's great yeah, to nice. give the credit when you can. I'm sure you show a lot of appreciation for them whenever you can. And uh, but I like to bring it back and end it on that because it's just uh, it's nice to give credit to the people that have been alongside you the whole way. So exactly, um, but yeah, that'll be here without them. <laughs> absolutely, dude. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you wouldn't be with you wouldn't be here without them. Absolutely, man. And they're going to continue to support you no matter what, I'm sure. And uh, I mean, it's just it's great to have that because it's I'm sure it's a long journey trying to do it on your own. So, right. Um, definitely. It would be it would be tricky. <laughs> yeah, it would. It definitely would. But um, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Riley, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really great to kind of hear your story and your experiences and i wish you and the team nothing but the best these uh coming years and hopefully we'll see you guys out of some tournaments yeah thank you for having me look forward to seeing you soon absolutely man have a good one everybody hey everyone thanks again for listening to this week's episode of scrambling with dylan auto just want to let you guys know i create an instagram for the podcast called scrambling podcast You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.